We're not the typical podcast. We're not the how did this get maids. We're the other guys. We're the ones that no one really wants to listen to unless they have to. We're here because no one else will do what we want to do. Watch TV and movies. That's right. We watched Mystery Men. So you know what that means. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. Don't you mean the egg sandwich basket? Listen, we've got a blind date with Destiny. And it looks like she's ordered the lobster. Tear me apart, Lisa! Snap out of it! You owe me 15 grand, pal. I love you! That's all I needed to hear. Hi, welcome to Writer's Pickle Basket. I'm Scott Gerland. Hi, I'm your wife. <laughs> and for myself... We haven't been properly introduced. Ha, ha, ha. Why don't you tell me? Why you, don't you tell me? You tell me. You tell me. Why don't you tell me? Why don't you tell me? And for, <laughs> my, for my self-indulgent birthday month, we're doing Mystery Men, which has always been... This was the first DVD I ever owned. Really? Yeah. So my my sister and I pooled our money together um, when we got a DVD player, and we each picked out a DVD, and I picked out this, and she picked out, I think it was American Pie. Okay, I was going to say, because I don't think, you know, Mystery we, Men is your sister's style, per se. <laughs> we we each picked out a movie. Yes. Okay. I, I remember her looking at it, and my dad's like, oh, it's funny, and she goes, it looks awful. <laughs> you know, that's interesting, because... My brother and I always got this movie. We always rented this from our local adoptive video, also known as the Poor Man's Blockbuster. Um, yeah, yeah, we like. There's this was, one still around, by the way. Not it wasn't a chain. It wasn't a chain. It was not a chain. There's, it may have been a chain. I don't know. <laughs> there, there's still there's still an adoptive video. Oh, okay. Around. So it's like a chain of three. <laughs> it, it's a tri-state chain. Okay. Um, well, nevertheless, we, we always got it. Um, and I think honestly, this was our first superhero movie. Ooh. My, my brother and I, I feel bad. We didn't you. have, we well, didn't I, watch Batman. We didn't watch Superman. Like we had the bowler and Mr. Furious and the blue Raja, which is, as we'll get into a slightly problematic character. So I told you how much, uh, I was going to tell you on podcast. How much I paid for this. Okay. Guess. Wait, like recently? Or. No, oh, I meant t- it was the first DVD I ever bought. This oh, was okay. right when um, DVDs came out. Like this was one of the first DVDs. Oh God. Uh, like 25 bucks. Jesus Christ. Right on the button. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do I win? <laughs> uh, marriage? Nothing. I you don't- get nothing. Nothing. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, I already have a loving, wonderful marriage. Give me something else. <laughs> Money, please. <laughs> More dogs. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, why don't you give us the blockbuster rule? Oh, God. Um, so, in a world where supervillains and one superhero <laughs> are constantly battling it out, we have a ragtag group 
of wannabe superheroes, including uh, Ben Stiller. I, I thought you were about to say Ben Savage. I'm like, boy <laughs> meets world star Ben Savage? William H. Macy, uh, Hank Azaria. Azaria? Azaria. Okay. Um, Paul, Paul Rubens, Rubens. Cal Mitchell. And... Janine Garofalo. Yeah, Janine Garofalo. <laughs> You're forgetting the most important one. I know. Wes Studi as the Sphinx. Oh, yes. No, wait. Oh, yes. Yes, you're right. It's Geronimo actor Wes Studi. Mm. I used to rent that. But yeah, the so they're, they're trying to, you know, lay claim to the title of, you know, superheroes. After Captain Amazing goes missing. Yes. And they're doing an okay job at it. <laughs> Well, it's amazing. This movie takes place all in the span of three days. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's one of those movies. So, um, McCoy, please keep it down. Honestly, that's the best blockbuster rule that I've done. Yes, that you've done. (laughs) I think Mallory had a beat because she spent weeks working on her. It's hard. Like, I, I know we always do it, but it's really hard to come up with, like, that little, you know, synopsis on the spot. Last time you made me come up with one on the spot. Yeah, to show you how it feels. <laughs> this one is easy to do. This is true. When the ragtag, the ragtag trio, I mean, quartet. I mean, I there's mean... five of us. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie ha- had been in development hell for, like, the longest time. Yeah, it came out in 1999, right? Yes. And and it opened to basically no audience. I think my dad and I saw it in theaters. We saw every movie that opened that weekend in theaters with the exception of one movie. Mm. Four movies opened that weekend. Okay. This was the first one we saw. Okay. Then was there th- any big Disney movies out at this time? Kind of. It was a touchstone movie. Yep. You may have heard of it. It's called The Sixth Sense. That's not... I'm talking about, like, classic Disney movies. No, this was 1999. Okay. Inspector Gadget had already come out. All right. And Tarzan had already opened. Animated, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Tarzan... That's how I chronicle my childhood. What Disney movie was out? Right. Well, so, so basically, in June, Tarzan came out. In July... Inspector Gadget, and then they wanted to release a more adult theme movie in August when this opened up. So they released for Touchdown The Sixth Sense. Bruce Willis was the ghost all along. Spoilers. Oh my God, it's been forever. 20 years. Uh, <laughs> it's old enough to drink now. Yep. So the other film that opened up besides this was a animated movie Yep. called The Iron Giant. Oh, the Iron Giant. <laughs> Which I saw on Sunday. I saw Six Cents on Saturday. I saw this on a Friday. And what was your favorite? Probably the Iron Giant. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, this was up there. Yeah. I, I I wasn't really into the Six Cents because, once again, you know, I was afraid of death at the tender age of 12, 13. I'm pretty sure you've mentioned your fear of death in every single episode of this podcast. I At have least to. Once. People, death is coming for you. Oh my god! Be warned. Oh no! 
for our younger listeners, little We're just death. coming out of a pandemic. What are you doing? I, I don't mean it like that. <laughs> death I'll, already came for us in 2020. I'll, I'll say what my rabbi. Oh my so I'll say what my rabbi said to me right before my bar mitzvah. She knew I was afraid of death. And she goes, Scott, everyone dies. And then she stood up and walked away. I'm like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) (laughs) You're getting old now. You're 13. Life is passing you by. But going back to Mystery Men. (laughs) So, yeah, I saw this in theaters. And my dad and I were the only two people in the theater. Okay. This movie tanked. Oh, it was one of those. So... Why did, like, I, well, for one thing, I didn't see this in theaters. I saw, like, it on VHS, yep. you know, the good old days. And I just remember being From fascinated by the cover. Like, me and my brother were just, like, fixated on it. So, and well, The Mystery my- Man was a comic book. Oh, it was? Yeah. It started with The Amazing Adventures of the Human Carrot. That was one of the what <laughs> yeah that was one of the original mystery men but you couldn't have where that. is that movie well too many people were afraid that they would cast Karatov. so that makes sense <laughs> so yeah they, they is basically... that how we got in with an e <laughs> <laughs> yes so so they and just up... kidding i know it's a book don't at me so i'm just kidding I don't you don't have, have twitter. a twitter i know you can at me. Ah. So, um, yeah, they'll at me at you. Yeah, don't at Scott at me. <laughs> it's the worst Phil Collins song. At me at you, I will. At me at It'll you. It'll just be a twain, <laughs> a twain, a chain of people just being like, "Hey, Scott, let me tell you about your wife." <laughs> at me at you, I will. At me at you. So the original comics had the shoveler. Yeah. Uh, That's your favorite, right? He's my favorite. Yeah, and then, he's good. Although it, his name doesn't, like, it kind of stumbles off the tongue. The shoveler. And then you have uh, my second favorite, which is Mr. Furious, who is not angry <laughs> at all. No, not really. And then you have the very problematic Blue Raja. Yeah. Let's Elephant just, in the room. Yeah, let's just get that out of the way. So Hank Azaria tends to find himself like knee deep in controversy. He doesn't try to. I mean, mean, granted, yes, it was a different time. It was a different time. However, the whole character is basically an homage to British colonialism. Like he puts on a British accent, but he calls himself the Blue Raja. Right. And he's got, like, you know, his mystical fork-flinging skill. It's just it's just this, like, smashing of the weirdest things. Cultures. Yeah. Cultures that I should not be. I don't know where the silverware comes in. And, and honestly, like, that is all we'll talk about, that character. Yeah. 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 But it's he- problematic. We know it's problematic. We're not going to ignore it. But he does have some funny lines. Though. He does. He does have a Be- great deal. of funny My lines. my favorite joke that he does throughout the whole movie is where he gets people's names wrong. He's like Evelyn Carol Carol. <laughs> you may remember her father Sal. 
Carmine. Carmine. <laughs> but it's Hank Azaria. Like, the other thing is... I'm a superhero mother. <clears throat> a superhero, Jeffrey. Here's, I, here's my question, though. With regard to this character, how much silverware does his mother have? Because he's like, he's like, I have to raid my mother's silverware cabinet again. And it's like, he's just like flinging them left and right. And there's no like scene where he's just picking them all up at the end of, the, you know, the fight. So it's like. You wanted a scene where he goes to a Kmart and he's just, he's just buying silverware. Cheap silverware? Kind of. Well, you can't do, you can't fling cheap silverware. Right. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I cut to twenty twenty when he's just flinging sporks. I'm not. I'm not going to assume that I know the silverware habits of Louise Lasser, <laughs> who I was telling you as we were watching it. I was like, she is one of the only people to ever get banned from Saturday Night Live, and you're like, why? Do you remember yeah, what? Did she swear? No, she was stoned. Oh, and and she was acting super weird. She's like, I was stoned before it was cool. Yeah. Before oh, Pete Davidson oh, got there. Oh, Jeffrey. Oh, Jeffrey. <laughs> you need forks? <laughs> I've got your forks. Yeah, so, she gives him the nice silverware at the very end, and it's like, you know he's going to lose this, right? Like, you're not getting this back. I'm trying to remember. Do you have the IMDb trivia up? No. Oh, okay. Only you ever have that up. All right. Well, okay. I, I remember that originally Danny DeVito was going to direct this movie. Really? And he was going to play the shoveler. Oh, I can't remember. I think it was Jim Carrey was going to play the Blue Raja. Oh, no. Um, And I th- I think Ben Stiller was always going to play. Yeah, Ben Stiller was always going to play. Yeah. Ca- Mis- Captain Furious, Mr. Furious. Mr. Furious. So what happened was when DeVito backed out, uh, he was going to direct. Ben Stiller was going to direct in 96. Okay. However, he made the cable guy, All right. and and they were afraid to have him direct again because that movie tanked. Mm. So they got a guy who was known for commercials, and I th- oh that translates so well. But I think the I think if I remember correctly, what happened? The rumor it is, makes so much sense now. The rumor is that he the guy had a breakdown making the movie because it was so stressful that like he gave up 25% into the movie and I think Stiller was directing most of the movie secretly oh no but I'm not 100% positive it's like that school project where like somebody starts out like all gung-ho and then they're just like yeah I don't want to do this you do it because there's like a behind the scenes documentary on the DVD that was like one of the only special features and Stiller is making fun of the guy like yeah I always teased him hey should we add you know the Taco Bell dog in here because you worked with him and like the director's like yeah you know making a movie was fun It was so much fun. So like through gritted teeth. So like the urban legend is that Stiller directed most of the movie. Okay. Y- yeah, I mean there is kind of I I, I don't want to say a tonal shift, but like I would say you can separate this movie into two halves. Like I think I'm not 100% positive, so this isn't slander or libel anyone. I'm just saying an old Hollywood urban legend. <laughs> But if you look at it, the stuff that this guy directed, the the main director, 
is like the old people in the nursing home that started the movie. Yeah. Then like the the um I'm, I'm the, I don't know where you're going with this. The the clothing, the laundry thing. The, oh, uh, oh, okay. Like he he basically shot stuff, but then when you get to the real like dramatic stuff with with yeah. with Eddie or William H Macy and his wife, like you can tell that that's Ben Stiller. Or the, yeah, or, uh, yeah. Or the stuff with with Ben Stiller and the um, waitress, like you can you can tell that that's yeah. Ben Stiller. Probably. Well, well, he takes the lead in uh, those scenes primarily, anyway. Right. Also, he he's he's the man who made Tropic Thunder, and at this point, he this would have been his third film if they allowed him to direct it. Well, yeah, but Tropic Thunder came way later. <laughs> No, but he had made the cable guy. He made Reality Bites. He mainly works with Universal. So like Ben Stiller, or I'm ben getting Stiller. so confused. Ben Stiller, he was. I a thought direct- you said the be- Ben Stiller, the cable guy, tanks. Yeah, but he was still. They still liked the movie. Universal still liked the movie. That, okay, that All they right. casted him. Anyway, in we need to get out of these weeds. <laughs> it's not fair. He never got to make the mystery. <laughs> Where is the Ben Stiller cut of Mystery Men? <laughs> Give me the Stiller cut. Hashtag stiller cut. <laughs> um, so yeah, then they they're like, "Who are we gonna get to be the villain?" And then they're like, "Hey, this guy just won an Oscar. What about Jeffrey Rush?" I know it is so weird to see Jeffrey Rush doing this very weird, strange supervillain. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering what Casanova Frankenstein. Y- but also that just looks like they took like some weird names, put them in a hat and they're like, we're going to pick two. <laughs> well, I, I feel like his character is part of the disco boys because he dresses in 70s garb. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So like he's he's so let's describe Casanova Frankenstein. He's got he, feathery hair yeah, with a sort of a man bun. His, dresses, his hair looks like Beethoven from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Kind of, yeah. Um, he has a German-Austrian accent. Uh, I believe in the script it, it says, I had this screenplay as a kid. Of course you did. It, it says, accent of undistinguished origin. Or okay, undefined well, origin. that undistinguished origin seems to be more aligning with German or... Undefined you know. origin. Yeah, sure. Um... He has like one fingernail that's longer than everyone. Yeah, but he has long fingernails and he always wears like these blinged out like rings that look like they they were designed by uh, what's his name there? Mr. T. No, (laughs) I was going to go with an actual designer. Uh, What's what's his name? Um, The one who died. Like I know designers. I don't know. Gucci? No. Versace? No. Well, kind of Versace. I get. Yeah. Yeah. It has that that Valentino to it. (laughs) See, you know the names of some of them. But he's got like this velvet, you know, jumpsuit. I guess it's a smoking jacket. Yeah, but basically, he's like Hugh Hefner. If Hugh Hefner was also heavily into disco, so Hugh Hefner. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I just love when he's like the old disco room. Ah, uh, the old disco room. Also, which what? is Whipstaff? Yeah. So, so 
they used the universal lot for this. A lot of it they recycled from other universal stuff. And if it isn't obvious, most of the streets of, is it Champion City? Is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. Champion City. They used the models from Blade Runner. <laughs> Could you tell? Yeah. I Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. So I forgot how futuristic because it because you see like William H. Macy's home, which seems like very like caricature suburbia, but then you have this very futuristic, like you said, Blade Runner Dune esque world. I'm pretty sure his house was the house from Pete and Pete. <laughs> I've never seen Pete and Pete, so I can it, it looks like neither confirm nor deny. It looks like they just raided the Universal and Nickelodeon lot to make this movie. Yeah. This movie has a very Nickelodeon Universal lot. Yeah, they they just took like pieces parts of like the lot and they're like, "What can we smash together?" <laughs> can can we reenact you watching it being like, "Why does that house look familiar?" Oh, whips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cuz you're like, "Why are this I where have I seen this before?" Haley, it's Whipstaff. Oh shit, it is Whipstaff. <laughs> Which, you know, we keep using that name. It's it's this Casper's house. house. Yeah, it's Casper's house. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yeah, I actually got Can to... I keep you? No. I'm awake, Casper. But the um on the Universal lot, I got to go in and step foot on Whipstaff when I visited the Hollywood lot. You can you can go in. And Whip did staff... you like did you like dance in the Whipstaff room? I said to one of my friends, I'm like, ask if in you the can... ballroom. <laughs> I'm like, ask if you can keep me. And they're like, no. <laughs> you know, it seems such an we've we've mentioned this before, but it seems such an innocent line. And when you're young and then you get older and you're like, that's some serial killer shit right there. My real name is Bluebeard. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like we could do a whole episode just on Casanova Frankenstein alone. Like, I, what is his backstory? So Where did he come from? They were, How did he get here? So he's not in the comics. They were trying to combine his character with, like, the Joker, met with the Riddler, met with Hugo Strange. Well, like, we get that Joker, you know, element when... He falls he, in love with his psychiatrist? Yes. Uh, he's, like, he starts out, he's in the insane asylum, which he subsequently blows up. Yes. Because that's what supervillains do when they leave the asylum. I just love when, when Stiller's like, what kind of crazy person blows up the crazy house? A crazy person. Yeah, that's literally on the crazy person checklist. It's like, fix your hair, pick up your weird rings, um, put on your velvet jumpsuit, blow up the insane asylum. But if there are any mad scientists listening to this podcast, please, there are hotlines. Call 1-800-MADSCIENTIST.COM. <laughs> I love how you gave a website in place of a phone number. <laughs> Call 1-800-MADSCIENTIST.COM. The, the two O's in the 800 are evil goggles. That's one of the best things you've ever done on this podcast. Well, that's it. This podcast Good is night, over. Everybody. Good night, everybody. One eight hundred madscientist.com. I just I just imagine someone who's like, oh man, we only have enough money for a website or a hotline. That's like when I make a list, but instead, like I go what like one, we need this. Also, B. B. I do that a lot. 
Yeah, but then why do you also say Roman numerals too? You're like one B I I I. I do not do that. <laughs> at me at Haley. Ironically, I took four years of Latin. Could never do Roman numerals. Never could. No man numerals. Roman numerals. I could never figure it out. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> Madscientist.com. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but like, you know, the whole, let, let's like go back into the story. So basically, you have the main hero. We forgot about the best person in this film. Explain. Tom Waits. Oh, yes. Tom, Tom Waits, Waits as Dr. A. Heller, weapons expert. Yeah, he's literally... Seducing old women. Yeah, when the movie opens up. I feel like, I feel like you know... This the, whole movie, though, is kind of a Tom Waits song. It is, but I, f- I feel like they went to an old folks' home, and he's just seducing these women. He's like, oh, are you guys trying to make a movie? This is the weirdest old folks home you will ever see in any movie or in real life. It's 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 the folks home we all oh the folks home. The folks home. The folks it's the old folks home we all dream of but will never get. Where where apparently every night there is like a Busby Berkeley style musical dance. Literally, number. there are women in golden I call them the golden glove gals. They're <laughs> doing like almost like synchronized swimming, but it's just dancing. It's the strangest thing in like you have like a woman singing and she's got her backup singers who are like wow 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 <laughs> do wop do Also men are gambling but they're gambling with like their appendages. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how things go in future Champion City. What what do you think like cuz this is directed by a guy who did commercials. So it's like what kind of commercial is it do you think this would be for like this opening alone what would you advertise oh this is a this is a pepsi commercial could be a pepsi commercial i would say viagra it was 1999 Haley. this was before viagra wait when did viagra come out don't google it you're not gonna (laughs) like the results it's gonna make you so angry well all i have to do is go to madscientist.com 1-800-mads one eight hundred madscientistcom They're not ripping off the one eight hundred contacts dot com people for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Tom Waits is is there like seducing these women, and then I love when Artie Lang from the Howard Stern show just randomly shows up as the leader of the Red Eyes, and all- which is not honestly not a bad like super villain group name. They're supposed to be modeled after the red hood like the red hoods from um batman okay from batman but literally they're like stealing jewelry and appendages legs (laughs) legs, arms it's it's literally like rocket raccoon and i'll take that guy's eye (laughs) no he won't but like but i need it how is it how is it that you know Azaria and and Stiller and Macy get there before Captain Amazing. Uh, they got to be listening to a police scanner. Yeah, well, yeah, but the police scanner hasn't shown up yet. Maybe somebody called in the back. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Roy, remember how you always wanted to fight crime? Well, listen to this. Go, uh, Johnny. Well, maybe go, go, they're go, just go. hanging out at the old folks' home. Maybe this is a hotbed for crime. 
Yeah, because because if you're going to pull off a billion dollar heist, you're going to go to the old folks home. Well, you know, they do say the elderly are the easiest to target. I hate to say it, but it's true. I also love how Stiller is like people who don't use forks when they eat food make me furious. All of his like catchphrases that he tries to do are so bad. Well, I mean, they're bad superheroes. Except for the shoveler, like his one-liners are pretty good. Shovel yeah. it in. Yeah. How about you use a fuck? Yeah. But like you've got like classy, cl- classy, classic superhero wannabes. You have classy Tom Waits hitting on a classy old lady with classy Werther's original. Yep. That's oh how you seduce God. an old woman. I just realized who Hank Azari's voice reminds me of in this. What? But you're so old. A pass. Yeah. Yeah, he sounds exactly like the Sultan. Yeah, he does, actually. I wonder if that was intent. Yeah, Aladdin had already come out by this time, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, I know he's like the the king of accents, but, you know, an impersonation. So maybe that he used that as a reference point. Well, he's the former king of voiceovers before Alan Tudyk came into the game. This is true. I want to see them in a voiceover, uh, voiceover battle, battle, and then like Mark Hamill's like, "That's cute. You're all cute." Well, what else is Mark Hamill? Do- so he, I know he's done a lot, but like I don't like the main thing I know him from is is the Joker. The Joker. He's also um, he shows up here and there, like wherever he's needed. Wherever <laughs> he's. He's the, he, the superhero I, of supervillains. I, I looked up his, his voiceover credits and like I it it's too much. Oh, it, I'm sure, yeah. It's a mile long. I mean he's on Invincible. Yeah. Alan Tudyk's just trying to catch up with him. Yes. So so then the real superhero comes in who is Captain Amazing, which is honestly you know, credit where credit is due, even though I know this movie tanked, this movie had to be a precursor for like Avengers, Avengers, Bad Boys, or the bad? Boys. Sorry, uh, Bad, bad boys? boys. I'm I'm pretty sure what Bad Boys gonna, had. What you gonna I'm pretty do? sure Bad Boys had already. No, come but out like, at this sorry, point. the Boys. I meant the Boys with um, uh, Homelander and Jack Quaid. Because you have this very like this commercialized superhero, or or, or it's the commercialization of and he's superheroes. a bad superhero. Yeah, basically. Because he's always locked up. Also, what superhero travels with their publicist? Well, Homelander. <laughs> yes, but it's clear that that's where they got the idea from. I I know for a fact that the creator of The Boys watched this movie a ton. Oh, yeah. You okay in there? Catching your breath? Burping. Um, But, like... Greg- it's a really smart idea, though, too, because we do, in essence, as a society, commercialize superheroes. Yeah, and Greg Kinnear is, like, the perfect person to be this, like, really... Schmarmy. Bad superhero. Well, how bad can he be, though? Because they do, like, he reveal... Lets, he lets a villain out. Yes, but only because, like... He... So, basically, the the vibe I get is he started out really good like with the best of intentions and then he became commercialized like he went from captain america captain to Amazing. homelander or yeah sorry well 
No, but like oh, okay. In terms, I of see like, what you're yeah. saying. He went from being Captain America. Yeah, then. where he probably started out as this very goody two shoes. I'm here for the people, and then he gets sponsors, and then he's like, oh, I need well, to keep this okay. money train going. So my question for you is, does he need the sponsors and the money because his alter ego is billionaire Lance Hunt? Now, is he well, a billionaire because he has these <laughs> endorsements, or was he already a billionaire? I think, honestly, I think the, I think the egg came... Wait, no. I was going to say the egg came after the chicken, but that doesn't make any sense. I I think the billionaire came after the superhero. Okay. Like, I think, he, well, I think he just, like, he's like, oh, shit, I need an alter ego to, like, not only keep this going, but to integrate myself, you know, into, like, places that, you know, what's his name? Uh, Lance Cap- Hunt. Ca- Captain that, Amazing. That Captain Amazing can't be. Okay, so I I love my But he literally he's like a human NASCAR. He has like all these patches all over That's him. That's the point. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> okay, so I I was going to tell you this. Growing up, so after this movie came out, that year my parents and I and my sister went to Universal Studios. Uh-huh. And I got Mystery Men action figures. They had those? They had them at Universal. Wow. Um, I don't know if my parents still have them. But I got the Shoveler, uh, Blue Raja, and, and uh, Mr. Furious. But they had a Captain Amazing, and I kick myself to this day for not getting it. Yeah. Because honestly, in retrospect, that was probably the most valuable one. Yeah. But also, I just I, I don't like Greg And Kinder. then you can recreate scenes later on in the movie where he melts <laughs> you can literally like hold him over a flame and make him all melty is it a good idea <laughs> no but that's what i like about it yeah <laughs> I, I i love i love how he did there are, okay so greg kinnear though i'm not a big fan of greg kinnear because i know he's difficult to work with oh scott what's not to like <laughs> But he does have so many great, like, deliveries. Like, my favorite one that I would always say is, ah, dang, <laughs> when he, he zaps himself with the chloroform Yeah, ray. I love the interaction he has when, after he breaks Casanova Frankenstein as his Clark Kent-esque, you know, character. Billionaire Lance Hunt yes. has glasses. Captain Amazing doesn't. Duh. But I, How would he be able to see, Scott? <laughs> you can't fight crime if you're nearsighted. So so my, my favorite thing that I, I notice every time I love rediscovering this is when William H. Macy is like, excuse me, Captain Amazing, do you know billionaire Lance Hunt? Yeah, it's me. I'm, I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> but, but when he realizes, oh, he really is Lance Hunt. Like, yeah. Yeah. William H. Macy's face is like, damn it. Well, he's, he's like taking like two washers that he's got like in his utility belt and he's like putting them up, like trying to put glasses on him. Like, eh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just love the interaction he has with Casanova Frankenstein where he's like, and put your super boots with poison oh, darts your, in your them cold, away. Your cold fusion slippers. How do you even remember that? I I what I once was able to quote this movie verbatim. Yeah, your your drink stirrer with liquid poison in it and yeah. 
Somehow and somehow he's and it's like here's the thing with supervillains. They always find a way <laughs> to capture the hero. Well that, but also it's like they they do improve. Like he acts like the like this guy can improve upon himself. That's why I love that like the Mystery Men's plan is to basically kill Casanova Frank and then they're like, We have no other options. <laughs> I also this is our only choice so so this is a movie that I could quote all day like I know every single it kind of almost has a um uh oh god like yeah baby like oh, Austin Powers. yeah it has a very Austin Powers and that, not just because of the disco element too but like because later we get like all those super squads or whatever or it was super mike myers not jim carrey it was mike myers who they wanted to play the blue raja oh that yeah yeah oh but then we got we did get him sort of playing a blue raja-esque character do you remember that oh no not the love guru yep Say, also for universal yeah if do you they? think the blue raja was a problematic character do they ever learn? Oh, they never learn. They never learn. But so like the the lines that I could quote all day from this movie are I'm sorry, Spleen. <laughs> There's not enough beer in the world. I'm I'm sorry. Oh just, yeah, let's talk about the spleen. Well, I mean, Paul Rubens was trying to reinvent himself after the scandal that was Pee-wee. Um, so he, he was basically trying to make well, fun of that. Well, the scandal that was Pee-wee was just him being in an adult theater. Right, but but he had... The f- Thank you for your your hey eloquent description, <laughs> Oscar Wilde. Which leads to the question, where else would you find someone doing that but an adult theater? But, but yeah, so... Um, he was basically getting roles and and people were like oh yeah paul rubens is actually a pretty good actor like because he did this at surprise this, i think he did this and then like a year later the movie blow came out where he i yeah he, he, play, <laughs> he plays basically a drug cartel guy oh really yeah oh now now i'm kind of intrigued yeah um, but so the spleen is a character who, who was cursed by a gypsy to yes. forever be the one who dealt it. Yes. And he can direct his farts with sniper like accuracy. So Haley watching this movie is yelling at the screen going, he's the only one who actually has. He pa- really does. Because it's like with the shoveler, it's just like he has just the shovelers guilt. like Batman. Yeah, basically, he's he's very Batman-esque, where he, he has genuine skills, but skills that you could pick up if you trained hard enough. So, okay, so the... And you had a shit ton of money. So, so the joke that people would make is that the three original mystery men are the... Dip- oh, no, wait, Invisible Boy. Invisible Boy has powers. Yes, but... And technically the bowler. The, the three, well... We're talking about, like, of the three original. Yes, of the three originals. So the joke is that the three original Mystery Men are three different types of Batman. You have the Michael Keaton one, which is William H. Macy. You have the Adam West one, which is the Blue Raja. Mm. And then you have George Clooney, who is Ben Stiller. Oh, yeah. Or, like, Val Kilmer. Okay. Well, but, okay. (laughs) This was before Christian Bale. All righty. 
that was the joke that like my friends and I- i'm not with. sure how to peel back the layers of that onion but sure because you had like the serious one the campy one yep and then like the one who shouldn't have been ah uh, okay but yeah <laughs> so so one. mr furious relies on his rage and the, the blue raja relies on his flinging skills Sound like you said fleeing skills. Fleeing, fleeing, fleeing skills. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be here. Like, no do more. you think that the Blue Raja, like, he could kill someone with a frisbee if he tried? A frisbee? Yeah, like, because that's kind of how he flings the forks. Maybe. I mean, like, that's the same reflex. How sort sharp of. is the frisbee? Well, you get someone in the throat. I don't know. <laughs> Are we talking like odd job from like. James Bond? I would like to see these characters, like, rebooted. Like, not so much, obviously, the Blue Raja, because he's very problematic. I mean, if he's throwing cutlery or, like, dinner party wear, so he would have to carry around serving plates? No, but, like, I would like to see these characters evolve, like, into the, like, the... (laughs) The Kevin Feige MCU universe? Kind of, yeah. Like, I, I do think we are deserving of a reboot of Mystery Men. Again, minus the Blue Raja yes. <laughs> for obvious reasons. Or, like, just take the Blue Raja and, like, evolve him into something else. Yes. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Yeah. No, I just mean, like, maybe, like, the character himself, like, in the, like, you know, in today's generation, he he's just like, oh, that, yeah, that was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I just fling forks now. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was a phase. Like when the like sort of like the phase of when the Beatles went to, you know, India and like got into like all that spiritualism and drugs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just giving you Seymour Skinner Simpsons answers. Yes. 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 Wait, is that sarcasm or do you genuinely agree? Yes. Wh- <sighs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Okay, so, like, getting back to, like, the quotes. Yep. My dad, no matter what, mm-hmm. wherever we're going, Yep. after he saw this movie, he would go, we have a blind day with destiny, and it looks she like the, the lobster. lobster. <laughs> that is a good line. That is a really good line. <laughs> but I love, so, this is a whole, like, world of people who desperately want to be superheroes and it's it's kind of like youtube where like there's this top 10 percent that are successful although the 10 percent apparently equates to just captain amazing wait they technically did reboot this movie it's did called they? kick-ass that is true actually <laughs> yeah yeah that's this movie really you know for all its faults it really did pave the way for kick-ass the boys Invincible. Uh, invi- yep, invincible. No, know how I got to that line of thinking? Mm-hmm. I thought if if Mystery Men existed today, at least one of them would die. And then all I could think of is the opening of Kick-Ass, where the guy has the wings and he jumps through the air and then lands straight down on the car and dies. Oh, God. That was so good. But but that's what would happen if someone tried to be a superhero today. They would be like, I can fly. No, you're a pancake. I don't know, though. With all the technology that's come out. like Unless you're Elon. Elon. <laughs> Elon. Unless you're Elon Musk. Yeah. So instead of Elon Musk making Jurassic Park like he wants to. No. 
why doesn't he just make technology to become a superhero? Like, that's who they based Iron Man Don't off Don't give him any ideas. He already has had these ideas since 2008. I know, but there's some things you just don't want to encourage. You don't want an Iron Man suit? We all should have Iron Man suits. No, I want a clean planet and clean oceans. Well, that's also but what that's Tony Stark too did. Hard. That's what Tony Stark did. Yeah. <laughs> he made clean energy thingies. Uh, but he, I just l- l- let's put it this way. I don't want I don't want to have a Homelander situation, okay? I don't want anyone to get too big for their spandex britches. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Janine Garofalo is in this movie because she used to date Ben Stiller. Really? Like, I did not know that. And then they broke up and then they became really good friends. Okay. So one of those situations. Yeah. At this time, they had written a book together. Ah. Uh. Yeah. It was called Feel This Book. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my. It's bad dating. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And as a joke, they also put in a bunch of chapters that don't exist. Funny, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Speaking of Janine Garofalo, I, I love the bowler. Not not even because like sh- like she's the only girl in the group. I just loved her sarcasm. I loved her sarcasm, and I loved that there was a skull in the bowling ball. Literally, I wanted that bowling ball so bad as a kid. I are, wanted that. Are you telling me you put your father's skull in the bowling ball? No, the guy at the pro- <laughs> no at the-, the guy at the pro shop did. Yeah, Janine Garofalo is just great in everything. Honestly, yeah. Like, and she's by far the most compelling character. I would it, say. Was it you that I told, or was it? I think it might have been. It was either you or Mallory. When I think it was around Christmas, one of you didn't know that she was the voice of Celine in in Ratatouille. I think maybe it might have been both of us. Yeah, she, she she's the voice of the girlfriend in Ratatouille, of the yeah. chef in Ratatouille. Keep your <laughs> keep your set clean, or I will kill you. Like she is so good. It's it's a shame that she doesn't have, you know, a bigger career now, like she did in the. It's 90s. a shame a lot of people don't have bigger careers now. It it's also kind of sad to think. As we were watching this, I was like, "Oh, Kel Mitchell, you should have been so big." <laughs> yes. The other person with actual superpowers. Yes. The invisible boy. Although we don't really see that until the end. Well, okay. So because I had, as I, we know, he's only invisible when people don't look at him, which is great. I had to explain to, oh, who was I explaining to? I was explaining to a friend. It was Mike. Um, so I was explaining to my friend that Keenan and Kel, basically mm-hmm. everyone thought that Kel was going to be huge, was going to be the big breakout of that that group that they all invested in him in the 90s and when he had like failed movie after failed movie they're like what can keenan do oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk about betting on the wrong horse so well he still has a career no he, i know i he, know he still he hosts has a career dance 360 yeah but yeah he's kind of like the young kid in the group and he like helps them recruit other superheroes he's the tom holland he's yes. the spider-man basically yeah yeah. Also, I loved his costume as a his kid. His costume was pretty cool. He had the goggles. Yeah, which I don't know why he needs the goggles. 
He goes all the way from being mysterious to being. I don't know why he needs such an elaborate suit to begin with, because his whole point is like he has to take off the suit to become fully invisible. But anyway, all that aside, (laughs) um, so we also see all these other superheroes like Ballerina Man and Pencil Man and Pencil Boy, who is played by Pencil Man is played by Doug Jones. Yay, Doug Jones. And I love Doug Jones. <laughs> you forgot another superhero, Waffle Man. Oh, yes, who is played by... Dane Cook. Yes. Yep. Which his superhero, his superhero name should actually be the Cradle Snatcher. <laughs> That's when he becomes a villain. Yeah. Ugh. But in his eyes, he is the superhero. <laughs> what would his catchphrase be? Would it be Oshkosh Bagosh? Yeah, or Goo Goo Gaga, <laughs> as they say on, as they say on, let's go to court. Just, just Dane Cook hanging out with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yep. There's a famous director in this movie. Do you remember who? Oh, uh, yes, um, Michael Bay. Michael Bay is one of the frat boys. That you know that it all comes together. <laughs> hey, can we bring the brewskis? Yes, you may bring the brewskis. Of course. Also, CeeLo Green is in this movie. Wait, I just realized something. What? Man with unidentifiable accent, weird hair. It's Tommy Wiseau. It is Tommy Wiseau. Did you figure it out because of the frat boy kind of looks like Mark? Oh, hi, Mark. No, no, I was okay. just thinking back to when he when when I said the brewski. Ne- yeah. Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Champion City. Yeah, but there there aren't three gratuitous sex scenes in this movie. Like, yeah, Tommy oh. Wiseau's Mystery Men. Mm-hmm. The thing that I like about this is that this isn't like a superhero movie, like a Marvel movie, where the superheroes have to get like super ripped and jacked like they do now. No, all of the superheroes have, have dad, dad bod. bod. <laughs> like you, all of them, including Kinnear. <laughs> like, like it's like, oh yeah, you're all out yeah, of also, shape. Yeah, the suit is doing the heavy lifting for Greg Kinnear. The quote that I I found myself saying the other day, I was just at. I was at my desk, I was working, and out of nowhere I just said, use the knee, the arm, the elbow, like the octopus playing the drums. <laughs> and then I feel like James Wan and Aquaman stole the octopus playing the drums to actually have an octopus play the drums. Well, no, this movie The Little Mermaid ahead. had it first. He just played the bongos. He wasn't playing like 20 different... What is a bongo but a tiny drum? No, but it's only two. I want to see like 20 drums and all eight of those legs just going... Bump, ba-dump, ba-dump, we, ba-dump. we remember Little Mermaid very differently. <laughs> I want to see a a... Oh, I'm thinking of Roger Rabbit where they had uh, the octopus with the big band drum set and like... 20 different drumsticks yeah that's what i want that's my type of octopus playing the drums okay i love how you're just latching onto that one line it's a funny line it is a funny line the sphinx has a lot of funny lines i like that he's basically like a the way that fortune cookies are now where it's just like just really lame turns of phrases I also love how he gaslights. You ben must be Stiller. the master of your anger, or the master or your anger will master you. I love how he gaslights Ben Stiller when he's like, <laughs> "And why am I wearing watermelon on my feet? 
I don't recall asking you to do that. And then he just walks away. Yeah. And you know he did. Of course he did. He, of co- ben Stiller in this movie is, he seems like the one person who doesn't fit. Like, of all the actors. Yeah, he, and it's weird because he's the main protagonist of the movie, I would say. Like, yeah. they focus on him the most in his relationship with this girl, the d- diner girl. <laughs> I love how you're like, how do I know her? I'm like, meet Joe Black. And you're like, yeah. I love meet Joe Black. I know. Meet Joe Black. I love that movie. We don't have three hours. I have three hours. What are you talking about? Also, I just hate in meet Joe Black. Sorry, welcome back to Joe Black cast. (laughs) I I just love how. Becky Black. (laughs) I just love how she doesn't care that her father has died. She's more upset at the end of the movie that when he comes back over the bridge, he's not the same guy that she loves. I I guess. See, this is why I need to watch it again, because I don't quite remember the ending. Spoiler alert for a film from 1998. Him him and Anthony Hopkins go over the bridge, and then, oh, okay, yeah. then she goes running after them, and then only Brad Pitt, who has had a little whoopsie daisy head in a in a you know time tunnel loop and he's like what's going on everybody and she's like oh man you're different he's like we should date (laughs) and she's like i guess we do yeah you're not the same guy who loved peanut butter good movie well it's 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 modeled after death takes a holiday yes i know what it's modeled after do you though yes i know you do i'm just teasing you um (sighs) But anyway, this is okay. mystery, well, man. All right. The thing that I want to talk about is how graphic some of the death scenes are. Oh, for they're a, really like, ooh. The scene where... um Where Kinnear dies. Yeah. Is really fucked like, up. I had nightmares as a kid. Like, I did too. Because you see him, like his skin is like peeling off and like like his eyeballs are bursting out. And even like his corpse is just like, ugh. <clears throat> Also, it looks like you put Play-Doh through those like squeezy things. When we were watching this, you and I at the same time just went, why don't they just unlock his latches? Yeah, his his arm things there. Because it's clear that that's the he tells them that they have to like lift the thing. Lift the toggle. Now lift the second toggle. No, it, it's literally like a game of mousetrap that he's like. It's doing clear with them. that that like they just have to get him out by hitting also, a button. How does he know? He doesn't. He's a bad superhero. He's bad at his job. Yeah. Also, and I like how we see just like a hint of that darkness right before he dies. <laughs> he's like, "You're a moron. You're a moron." And it's the only time that Stiller and Garofalo get along. Whoa, whoa, don't call her that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, also, the whole, what do you mean we? When he goes, oh my God, we killed him. What do you mean we? I was standing right here. <laughs> I say that all the time. Yep, it's great. I say that all the time. I wash my hands of this. <laughs> I I just remember... Um, as a kid, my dad's like, oh, we're in trouble. I'm like, what do you mean, we? I was standing right here. <laughs> and I love how how they poke fun at the at uh, Frank Azaria's character. Like, Hank throughout, Azaria. Like, you, Hank Azaria. I always say Frank. I don't know why. I love how they always like, well, you killed the guy. 
Because oh he god, did. I killed him. Oh my god. Oh my god, we killed him. But like, oh, no. I love how Janine Gravelo like she touches his hand and it falls off, and he's like, I don't think he's gonna. Yeah, pull through. I don't think he's gonna pull through. <laughs> so the other thing that like kind of alarms me with this movie is how dysfunctional William H Macy's marriage is to the toast of Broadway. Broadway stage actress Jennifer uh, Jennifer Lewis. I honestly think that, you know, and I just notice it now, I feel like this is their kink. Where they threaten to leave each other? Well, or- like, it's a, like, it's like edging. Like, <laughs> or she threatens to leave him and he just takes it like he... Well, he- no, like, like, you interpret it as, like, they're, like... Dysfunctional? Di- dysfunctional, but also, like... Uh, what did you say during the movie? I for- I forget. You said like, oh, that he's always like, she likes that he never, st- or she's always wanting him to stand up to her. Yeah. And he never does until the very end. And then she's like, kind of like, ooh, who's this? <laughs> but I also think that this is like their, like I said, this is their, f- this is their form of edging. <laughs> well, like, like, like he's a cuckold? <laughs> like they're like, it's like, you no, know, like their their relationship is always on the rocks, and like they get off on that. I don't know. Oh, kind of, kind of like uh, John Favreau's character in "I Love You, Man" with his wife. How they they argue and fight, and then they have loud, angry sex. Yes, exactly <laughs> like that. Which is dysfunctional by nature, but I'm just wrong saying, month because of. Yes, I know wrong. Where month. my birthday month now? <laughs> that was March, but. but like in the end where she's like, I'm going to leave you and I'm not coming back. I don't know. Just the way she says it. <laughs> I just get this like vibe where she's just like waiting for him to just be like, oh, well, I guess you'll you'll I'll I'll help you pack your suitcase. I don't know. It's like they're always trying to like test one another to see how far they can push it. That's the vibe I get from them. I don't know. Super dark. It is super dark. It's really fucked up. Yeah, this I don't movie like movie brought to you by Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> so when when they go to uh, get the weapons from Tom Waits when he's playing the yeah, they're like we need we need, but but the instrument that what he's do we playing, do? yeah, those are his instruments from it his last album that he was of recording. Of course, it is. <laughs> I also love how he can't remember anyone's name, and he's like Shovel Man, uh, the shoveler, Fork Man. <laughs> He just adds <laughs> bowler. Angry man. <laughs> yeah. I also. Fart man. I also was asking you as we were watching this because Captain Amazing has a Corvette um, uh, limousine. Yep. And then then he gets kidnapped. And then all of a sudden Casanova Frankenstein has a Corvette limousine. Did he steal Captain Amazing's Corvette limousine? <laughs> Mm. Should I stop saying limousine? I I don't know. Is limousine a bad thing? Is that a trigger word for well, some limo, people? Limo, limo. Yeah, it? I'm saying like the fu- this is not like Winter Soldier, <laughs> rust, longing. Um, we also see uh another famous person get out of the limo. Oh, Eddie Izzard. Yes, is it pronounced Izzard? Does she pronounce it that way? I I've always heard it. Izard? Izard. Izard. Okay. 
Izar just sounds more mysterious. Yeah, I guess so. I do love Tommy C and Tony V. Yeah, Tony. No, I thought it was Tony P. V. I thought it was. I could have sworn it was Tony P. Whatever. It's anyway. They are the Disco Boys. Disco is not dead. Disco is alive. He will dance again. He will dance again. I just love. I love when when she goes, "Your baby bowler." (laughs) Um, the other thing is. The hair care products that that um, Eddie has. How is there a flamethrower in it? I just saw hairspray come out of it. It doesn't make sense. What do you mean? Like when, hairspray when, is highly uh, flammable. But, but there's no lighter attached to it. I think there's a mechanism in the thing itself, like like a blowtorch. What what if they hit the wrong button? What if some stranger is like, oh, well, then Eddie Hazard loses her eyebrows, and it's very unfortunate for everyone. <laughs> but I, I do love after she has committed murder, <laughs> Janine Garofalo goes, okay, now I go back to grad school. Yeah. Because that's her whole goal is to kill uh, Tony, who killed her father, yes. whose skull is now in a bowling ball and mm-hmm. can talk to her. Yeah. Which is another thing I love. Another dysfunctional relationship. I I also love... No, ha- Dad. He is neither a fruit nor a commie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, But yeah, like, the whole plan is to basically... Casanova Frankenstein has created this death ray that is going to kill everyone. Well, kind of. He says it, he, it'll turn no everyone's going to die and he knows casanova frankenstein knows everyone i killed. guess so but it's he makes it seem like he's like now everybody will see the world like i see the world dead i i guess so i i also just love how the movie completely doesn't set itself up like it's trying to set itself up for a sequel but like the big bad they flat out kill they they flat. I out. guess so, unless there's another big bad because they do list some other big bads. They're all in, in the, the insane asylum, and he blows up the insane asylum. No, not all of them were in the insane asylum. Remember, like they say, like some of them are in jail, some of them are you know. Well, dead man is dead. Yeah, I love how he's like dead man. He's dead. Shit. I was shocked that this movie was PG thirteen. Like when I saw it the first time, I'm like, how is this not R? I guess, yeah. There it's, are a lot of, it's like... It's because they don't really swear. That is true, They yeah. say, like, old-timey words and stuff. Yeah. The weapons, too, are pretty interesting. Like, they're all non-lethal, but, like, you know, we get the, the clothes shrinking ray, which I'm can... pretty sure all of those weapons are lethal. Yeah. The tornado... The tornado in a can. Tornado in a can literally picks up the spleen and drops him. Yeah. That could kill someone. Yeah, uh, what else was there? Oh, yeah, the 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 aggressive. Oh, ray. the blamethrower. Yeah, the blamethrower. Very clever. Um, but that's kind of like what was in um, Kingsman. Which which one? The first one. Remember? Oh yeah, but that like drove people crazy. Where they they. It was raged. Yeah, it was amped up a little too much instead of yelling. I don't know. I think, you know. (laughs) 
I, I also love that what, was the beta. I love when when Garoppolo and Rubens are are swearing at each other and yelling at each other, and then they're like, "I'm sorry," and he goes to her, and she goes, "Mm mm, no." <laughs> I also have to say that the special effects kind of do hold up. Uh I'm gonna wh- cutting the guns in half with his mind. Ooh. That's cool. Hi, Stella. Hello. Do you have something to say? Do you have something to say to the people? Do you do you like the bowling? Stella, come on. <laughs> She's like the only bowler I like is the one you put my food in. <laughs> um, you better not cut that out. I'm that not. was adorable. <laughs> um, we got interrupted by <laughs> a mad. Pupper. I think the only special effects that I enjoyed were the ones with the bowling ball. Those were actually pretty good. And everything the else. Everything else was kind of like, uh, yeah. The more I think about this movie, like the more I'm starting to believe my my theory that Stiller did direct this movie because, like, he kind of seems tired and like not happy to be on the movie set as the movie goes on. Yeah, it it kind of feels that way. Like at the end of the movie, he's like, oh, I I just don't feel it anymore. And, yeah, I, I'm a little. Well, angry. Also, he has this arc where he's like, really, like, like highlighting his superpowers, and then he real like he has this moment of crisis where he's like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't have any real powers. I, I guess I'm not a real superhero." And then, you know, he's they're all they're all trying to get him angry, and the Sphinx goes, "You dress in the manner of a male prostitute." Honestly. He just has the powers of anyone who has worked in customer service and had a bad day. I remember, like, he went on, when he was on Friends, he said that he was on, because his character was prepping, or he was prepping for Mystery Men, because his character is pretty much the same. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. What else did we miss? Not much. I mean, we talked about, like, the bowler we talked about the spleen invisible boy invisible boy oh that's what i wanted to talk about with invisible boy i love when they meet him for the first time and he goes hey dad i'm going to my room with these three strange men yeah and the dad's like okay i'll just be here reading my newspaper i'm like oh the 90s yep also what decade is this supposed to take place in I think it's pretty anachronistic, actually, because it's like sort of like the future, but not. One eight hundred madscientist.com. Let's end this. With, like, if you were a lame superhero, like you know, everybody always asks, like, what would your superpower be? Like, and I always answer teleportation because it is the aw- the best power. I'd want super speed, but I guess yeah. But the only thing with super speed, though, is if you grab a person the right way, you can break their neck. Well, that same thing with flying, too, if you can... Yes, except teleportation. Be like Nightcrawler. Yeah, but teleportation, you go in the wrong place at the wrong time, you could literally go into someone and, like, if you... if you Nobody's te- perfect. <laughs> you could literally just rip someone well, in half. make sure you don't go in the wrong place. You reappear, and someone just rips open, like, a telephone book. Oh, God! Hey, what's going on? Why am I covered in oh no <laughs> so which, gary no uh, which, which lame superhero would i want to be yeah i definitely want to be the shoveler no no i'm talking about like 
if you were a lame superhero, aside from the the identities in this movie, like you could be DVD man, you no. could be <laughs> no, I I probably want to be something food related. Yeah, I'd want to be the sous chef. This <laughs> I carry sous-chef. around. <laughs> my my power is I carry around different sauces at different heat levels. Sometimes they're really cold and they'll freeze you. Other times they'll scold you, but never <laughs> burn you. I guess. Yeah, that sounds good. The sous chef. I don't know what I would be. I had to come up with that on the spot and I get nothing. No, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm genuinely thinking. Birthday. I don't know. Um, probably something. Oh, you... <laughs> I would. You know what I would be? Glitter bomb. I would just throw glitter at people <laughs> because it's like no matter what, you can't escape me. Even if you left the scene of a crime, I'd be able to find you because glitter is the herpes of the craft world. It gets everywhere. I think the glitter bomb is actually a really cool superhero. The sous chef and I just glitter literally, bomb. I don't even have to do much. I just show up and I'm like, bah, <laughs> glitter. <laughs> and you can say like really, really mean things like... Now someone's going to think that you're cheating on them and you were at the strip club. (laughs) I could do that to cheating husbands. Just like, oh, you're going to cheat on your wife? Boom. Boom. (laughs) That's like, I could be hired out. I could be the new cheaters. (laughs) Glitter bomb. Stella, what would you be? What would your superpower be? She would be like, I would be the treat monster. (laughs) Why did you say the word? You said the word. You said the T <laughs> word. Now she wants one. Or the snuggler. Oh, she's the snuggler. That is her superpower. When she snuggles you, you are helpless. Stella, why are you shaking? I, I, I don't know. How many bagels do you give it, Stella? All right, bye. How many bagels do you give it? Honestly, I enjoyed this movie so much as a kid. That said, it does have its problems. Some of the jokes still land, though. The special effects are bad. I would say I would give it an 8. I'm giving it a 9. Okay, fair. (laughs) What if I was like, full dozen? Mm. I'm trapped in the 90s. (laughs) That's my superpower. Yeah. Some people are. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no. I mean, at least three of, of them are being taken out for the blue russia yeah Yeah. um and then i'm also taking one out i i like the cheesy special effects so i'm also i'm taking one out because the the montage of uh oh wait no i know why i'm taking one out because this is the movie that gave us all-star everyone thinks it's shrek yep but the theme song to this movie is all-star yep by smash mouth dropping that one in your lap yep Somebody once Stop. told me. <laughs> you always told me not to sing because we'll get demonetized. Yeah, but... Wait, we're not monetized to begin with. Right. Sing away! <laughs> no, I just like the, the other versions where it's just somebody once told me, somebody once told, told me. me, somebody once told me, somebody. somebody. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's why I'm taking out another bagel because yeah that's why there's nine so thank you for doing this you're welcome as always um 
you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, like us on Facebook, email us, writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. And hey, check out my other podcast, Hello's a Musical. And check out Stellan McCoy's podcast. I'm just kidding. They don't have thumbs. <laughs> so, sweetie, thanks for doing this. Yes, you've already thanked me, but I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I always thank you twice. Yes. Until next time, I'm Scott Kerlin. Bye.